my spidey senses tingling. Hello. It may have happened too fast, but he never traded his passion for glory. He's Slim, the host of the Papercade Podcast. This is episode number 91. Welcome to the show, papercake.com. We talk about industry news, the books we're reading during the week as fathers, uh, and we do a book club. We all read the same book, and we gather together holding hands, and then we talk about it as straight men do. This week... Nerds love it. Rob Liefeld's profit. To be clear, it's the reboot. It is the relaunch. The new profit. And then we'll read your letters live to close out the show. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Let's go around the room and introduce the hosts you'll be hearing from this evening, this morning, this afternoon. Uh, he is the VP of Paper Keg Merch. He is VP of Social Retweet Marketing, etc. He is the VP of that blue fleece that he's wearing. He is the podcast bad boy, Dale underscore. Thanks for being here. It's the official basement fleece, I think. Uh, it served me well. It's starting to get smelly and like greasy feeling, but it does. It hasn't done me wrong, right? Much like uh, not. There's not many people that can say I can say it haven't done me wrong. Uh, what an intro from Dale underscore I've, Ray right I've, there. Sorry. I'm, can we start the show over? Let's just, let's rewind. Uh, it gets better. It gets better. Just going to loop him out. Uh, sitting to his left, he has Max Shrek-esque hair slick this evening. He's a... You want me, not Chip. Fanfic superstar. Inarguably, he, uh... He is hot on the trail of Inherited Number 1 for Comixology Submit 2020. He is Jonesy Loves Beer. Welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. And on free comic book day, I will be signing copies of my fanfic uh, for the little kids. So please bring your children. It's going to be great. There will be an abundance of blank sh- sheets of paper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> free comic book day. Are you going to make them print out their own copies <laughs> yeah uh, only on dot matrix uh printer because there's a pending lawsuit with xerox so mm. Mm. of course the old pending lawsuit gag the classic <laughs> the xerox inherited model of copy printer uh and finally our black host who is wearing the most dynamite sweater i've ever witnessed on this is that show argyle? it is argyle uh vp of argyle sweaters Mark Farrington is a published writer. He's an actor. Uh, he is a sex machine. And he is feeling fresh to death in this Argyle sweater. Thanks for being here, Mark. I really appreciate you, you uh, coming to the show. 
I'm ready for another round. It's good to be back. Profit is our big book club this week. Who is excited to talk about Rob Liefeld's Profit? Let's just say the energy is crackalacking in the air. I'm ready to just, you know, I'm just ready to finally uh, let the people know uh, what this book's all about. Let's get nuts. Uh, I'm sorry. Wow. Just love there it. We go. I just love it so much. We're starting early tonight, guys. We're just starting it early. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but I do want to say one thing. Episode 92, next week, we, we, we did, we're doing something that's never been done before. We're doing an entire run of a writer's work on a comic book. Who slammed us for not doing that? Was that Busick? Uh, yes. Busick and Dale are buttheads all the time on the Twitter. They're excessively right. butting heads. He's the podcast bad one. I think Busick knows it. What's the record on that battle? Who's winning? Busick, I think, is up by like a million. Busick's points. gallbladder, technically, <laughs> winning that battle. So we're doing Greg Rucka's Punisher, all 21 issues for episode oh 92. Start now, please. Please, God, start now. Uh, but let's get into the Niaz. Dale, what's happening today? There's a lot happening in the last uh, day or two, and you mentioned it earlier in the show, Comixology Submit, hmm. uh, creator-owned boners <laughs> up, boners out. So basically, you got an idea, let's call it inherited. I like it <laughs> already. <laughs> I like <laughs> it. I like it. But, you know, it's something like you're just you're going to call it inherited, but you're going to do something about it as well. You you just polish it up. You send it over to Comicsology slash submit, and you got the possibility of selling your story in a curated um, marketplace that's got iOS apps, Android apps, a web presence. Mm-hmm. Um, disclosure: Slim works for Comicsology, but I, that's not why I'm doing this uh, news item. It's because it's pretty big, and it's. It's possibly a a game changer. I hate to use that term loosely, mm. but it uh, it feels good to be able to kind of put the power in the people's hands. This and, felt, oh, I'm sorry. Keep and sales will basically drive, you know, what uh, what's good and not word of mouth sales. People buying other people's work. This was the equivalent for comics. Of Johann Gutenberg inventing the printing press. <laughs> You're just Mark. Are you, you available? On that one. Can you send over your resume this evening? I want to see if I can get you a job this evening, please. You like that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, we, we have a spot in our team for you, Mark. Dale said just, it the best. I mean, this puts the fans on an equal level as the big boys. So if you've got a story to tell and you can back it up, you put it out there and let the readers decide. This is huge. Mm. Jonesy, for real, you, for real, Jonesy. Your thoughts on Comicsology Submit? You're you're a fan. You're a creator of fanfic. <laughs> but what if you started doing legit work and you made that comic? You probably submit it, right? Absolutely. If I had finished pages and I and you know maybe I knew a guy who worked at the company, mm. I would definitely submit, hoping we get picked up. Uh, you know, in all seriousness, this is a dream come true for a lot of people. I mean, as archaic as it is to get into the comic business and to get picked up by a publisher, to have the opportunity to just have talent 
and then be able to market yourself is incredible. I mean, you're talking about young people who, who maybe wouldn't make money with all the overhead in the comic, uh, comic world, couldn't move to L.A., couldn't move to New York and try to set themselves up. They can, you know, be in their little podunk town in Arkansas and still be a comic book writer. It's, it's crazy how, what a precipice we stand on when it comes to the future of comics. You know, there's no worrying about, uh, you know, trying to ship your book overseas, but not factoring in the cost mm-hmm. to do so. Of like Chinese freight lines and things no like that. No getting into $15,000 of debt and miscalculating. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, the reason I like submit is the same, I think I talked about Robot 13 on this show before. You have? Like Robot 13, I, I love. And I bought, I have, the, I have the PDFs of that. And I, I bought it again when I hit the comics app because, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I don't want to keep track of PDFs for my comic library. I don't care what the heck app, combination of apps I have to do to keep track of PDFs wirelessly. I easily buy it again in the, in the comics app that I, that I use, which coincidentally is, is the same company I work for. So, I, I mean, like, other, like I'm not going to, I don't want to track down your website to buy your comic. I want to just buy it in a comics app. And I, I did that. I got Nathan Sari, which is, I think, one of the books I'm going to talk about tonight, which is a nice-looking book. Uh, Becky Cloonan's The Mire and Wolves. Mm, the Wolves, I've right? been waiting, waiting for those books to hit the app so I can buy those and just add them to my collection. I can just tell you, uh, Mire is a must-buy, and I haven't read it yet, but Wolves, you buy Wolves, and then you're probably going to want to buy Mire, too. But Wolves is fantastic for 99 cents. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's a steal. And she's got another one coming out in a few months on Comixology Submit, another creator-owned one. But, I mean, it means, I think Submit means different things to different people, but, you know, it's it's all p- pretty great. And, and the, the company has been working on it for, like, years, literally years and we've been talking about it for years, and we finally were able to get it out. So it was a pretty awesome day. Tweets were tweets were off flying. Oh man, I I seriously almost muted everything. Comicsology, <laughs> just the retweets, the electric retweets. The uh, I mean, you have to it's years in the making, Dale. You got to give us a day to throw out the retweets, you know, and the links to the EW and and the the Wired and the and the the Times and the and you know all of those places. USA That's Today. Right? Slim, that's why I said almost, all right? All right, you're, okay. You're so close to my heart that I could never. And maybe Chip Mosier's personal account, mm. maybe. I mean, once but, in a blue no. moon, that guy throws a tweet out. I saw, I, I rub, I bust his chops every time I see him. I, the one time I saw him use his Twitter app, he was just viciously scrolling through and not even reading people's <laughs> tweets. He was just scrolling like the Dickens, and I was like, look at you, you're an animal. Not even reading those. So tweets. like the thumb fly, where it's just the one long stroke. Oh yeah, and he skipped like three hundred tweets in a row, and that was uh, that. But you're all my closest friends. <laughs> you know what, Slim? What you should do is uh, pay attention to who submits this stuff, and see five years down the road, ten years down the road, who the next major talent is who gets signed by submitting to one of the big boys. Remember when Marvel used to do those little artist submission contest back in the day. Mm. That's how they discovered Mark Bagley. So even if people don't get a chance to launch their great, their next big creation, it's still a good way to get into the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, there are some other books that had come out, um, like, uh, what's, the, uh, what's that book that I gifted you, Dale, The Post-Apocalyptic Future, that the guy looks oh, like Cable. Planetoid. Planetoid was a book that that guy put out on Graphically 
by by himself and eventually was picked up by Image. And, you know, Moon Girl was put out by Zito and Trove by themselves, and that got a printing from Red 5. You know, it's really just to get your name out there, and you, you know, who knows what can happen. Publisher will take note, and then, like, hey, let's publish this together. So we'll see. It's cool stuff, Part- you know? Maybe, Partnerships. Maybe, you know, Inherited is going to get picked up by Image Comics, and it's going to get published in 2030, and we're going to be talking about it with our kids and our grandkids. And it'll be a great moment. Inside joke, Jonesy has been working on a comic book for many years, and it may never come out. And I can't imagine what episode number that paper cake will be. It'll be up there. It'll be up Slim's there. footnotes are cutting him down. What's uh? Do we have anything? You don't else? engage, Mark. You can't engage. You never just engage. Let it go. I've taught. I've taught. I've tried to teach you, Jonesy. Sometimes you slip up. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you slip and you engage. To the can- um, you engage I've, the Candyman sometimes. <laughs> I was just I was going to bring up something else, but then it turned in this turned into a huge infomercial infomercial <laughs> for the cornballer. Um, what else? Real quick, maybe we can just run through it. What else you got? I was just going to tell the uh, get your reactions on uh, Marvel Unlimited. Marvel Unlimited finally out on the iOS. Mm-hmm. Um, Say what? Marvel Unlimited is that uh, you know that subscription service where you pay like sixty dollars and you get access to Marvel's like a huge digital catalog but it was previously only available on the web. Well, they finally put that out to the iOS, and uh, it's just an, a, a wrapper of the web app. Mm. But So basically, you pay $60, and you can like read streaming comics. Wow. Um, and, uh, I mean, for $60, bucks, it's, I, I guess you could call it the Spotify of comics, air quotes, yeah, or the Sp- Netflix. Spotify of Marvel comics, I guess. It's like the Spotify yeah. of one music label. And what's the price point? Sixty a year? Sixty a year, and if you sign up now, I think you get it as a discount for five bucks a month. Hmm. Or does that yeah. Yeah. Well five times is, twelve is sixty, right? Uh, so. last last I checked. I don't know. I just what I, I wonder what the market is for that and how many users they have. I mean it's been around for like decades, the Marvel yeah. Unlimited thing, and it's been on the web forever, but people just don't want to read on the web. Right, so I think this just opens up the gates to a lot wider audience now that uh, iOS is going to have access to mm-hmm. this service. Before, I don't think anybody had, you'd you'd have to be not right in the head and uh, want to read profit to uh, <laughs> read comics on the web. Spoilers. Um, I mean, I, I think, um, I mean, you can only read six books offline, so you have to have an internet connection to read them, and you can store six to read them later, like if you're on a train, and that's the limit. Which is decent, I suppose. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, they're just trying to remind you that this is an internet service they're providing. Yeah. And I you think they, they, even, books. they even said it's supposed to be used in tandem with their Marvel app. You know, like you, you know, use both. You know, use a service to kind of browse through the back issues and then yeah. still use the other one to buy the books you want to keep. Yeah, to be clear, Marvel Unlimited is pretty much their a deep, deep back catalog, but nothing really recent. Six months uh, old is the most recent comics you're going to get on the service. Mm-hmm. And there are some, definitely still some comics that are not in the service that are six months old. But, I mean, it's uh, it's worth a shot. I think you can browse the catalog before you join. Some would say it's it's a B deep catalog, you know. That's how B-deep, we say it on the yeah. show. It's B deep. But we're running out of time, Dale. Yeah, I apologize. Um, uh, you really took us over the the limit. We might have to cut out the book club since we're running over. But what Dale's did you? Dale's okay with that. <laughs> 
What did you read this week, Dale? Let's talk about it. Oh, I read, let's get into it, Helheim number one. Ah! <laughs> from Oni. Slim. Uh, yeah, from Oni, uh, Colin Bunn, Joel, Joel Joyce, right? Is that her name? I think it's Jones. Joel Jones. That makes sense. Uh, Helheim is a Viking Nordic book, some supernatural elements in it. Um, and the the main character begins with a K. I forget what his name is, but I love the book. Um, Rickard? Rickard, yeah. And he's got kind of like a, a girlfriend that you can pick up during the story that the rest of his tribe doesn't really like. And maybe she's got some supernatural powers and their outpost is under attack and uh by some bad undead-esque people they're ghoulish they're not they're definitely not natural and the end of the book spoilers rickard <laughs> oh man, I can't even concentrate now. This is my this is my jam. <laughs> Basically, Rickard gets killed in front of the tribe. His his nasty girlfriend steals his alleged. body back alleged. into her tent, alleged, and makes a Frankenstein Rickard to defend herself from the people, the bad people that are after her, and uh, the rest of the tribe is suffering because of the uh, the main enemy trying to get to her. And this book is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I I picked up the floppy. I picked up it in digital CMX HD, and the book is gorgeous. You can just on the iPad on the iPad HD, you just zoom in on the pages. It's the art style is completely stunning for this style book. Uh, the Nordic themes, the colors, uh, Colin Bunn, Joel Jones, and the colorist, completely amazing on this book, and I recommend it. It's original, creator uh, owned from Oni Press, and I think you guys should definitely check it out if you can. I checked it out, and I am I will be back for issue two. Uh, what a great uh, story! Reminds me of what if Northlanders was supernatural? Is basically what we're yeah. getting here. Yeah, because and, it's got that updated dialogue, right? So you can it's easy to read. You don't get that like quasi Shakespearean language you have to fight through. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it, it's it's got a great hook. It kind of yeah. reminds me of um, that Game of Thrones episode where the. Uh, what was it? The uh, they gave birth to the demon that uh, Dale, you know all about this season two. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's great. It's it's going to be a, a hit, I think, and I'll, I'll be back to read it. Uh, if I could interject, Mark, I don't usually read that type of comic, but I thoroughly enjoyed Helheim number one. Thoroughly, really, thoroughly. Yeah, the art. I mean, Romulus. the art was dynamite. I thought the art was total dynamite. Mm-hmm. And she Absolutely. and the artist, she doesn't usually even draw that kind of thing. Like her library is not. Frankenstein Vikings. 
It's like the total opposite of what be. she draws, but she totally killed it. She killed it, Mark. If I could be as forward as, as saying that. But Will Helen, his opinion make you read the book, Mark? Yes or no? Will Slim be back for issue number two? Yes. Yeah, yes. I will. I probably will read it. Uh, I praise. My. Let's, um, let's talk about a book that I read this week, if I may. Uh, I want to talk about a book called Atomic Robo. Ah! <laughs> two for two on Jonesy's list. <laughs> uh, Atomic Robo, you know, episode show favorite, except for that one book club that I did that I wasn't in the mood to read it. Uh, Atomic Robo did a little exclusive comic on a digital provider called Along Came a Tarantula. <laughs> and uh, it's like Marvel. You ever read Marvel Infinite? You know, the book, it's like specifically paneling and you tap and speech bubbles pop up and all that jazz. Oh, yeah. This one uh, was is just like that. So it's using the guided view, tap, tap, taparoonies when you read. And it wasn't, it's never... You know, it's not a print comic. It was made specifically for, like, your iPad or your iPhone or your Android whatever. Um, $1.99 for this, like, self-contained fight, essentially. It's like this big fight between Atomic Robo um, and this chick that he has wronged, essentially, by not remembering who she is, and she's come back for revenge. And, I mean, it's hard for me to explain because if you haven't, like, read a guided view book it you know one page shows the building with atomic robo and you tap it and more speech bubbles appear you tap it again and and the scene shifts to a different locale it slides in it's very cool um and it's it's like this the step before motion comics where the step before mate what's the other comic uh app made fire like there's made fire and motion comics which are like they don't allow you to be in control of the comic. So with guided view specific, like you can still control the pace without it feeling too forced on you, mm-hmm. uh, which I I totally love. And I mean the guided the first guided view comic that was like that made specifically. I showed my wife and she liked it. So that was kind of like the the pulse of whether or not it was something that could bring in new readers. So I highly recommend Atomic Robo. It's fun. You know, it's fun. Dollar ninety nine, cool little digital first digital only really i mean i don't think it'll ever be in print because of the way it was built so i highly recommend it you know disclaimer i work for comicsology uh, jonesy you read atomic robo along came with tarantula i did and uh i wish they could do more issues that were the like the power play-esque books where you can you know throw a panel on a background i, I just make for atomic robo it just seems like such a good fit because it's such a beautifully drawn book it's very clean, like very clean lines, so yeah. it doesn't... How cool was the it, scene where she had the, like, the big gun, and she, like, the panel zoomed out and showed her, like, getting ready to shoot it, and then when she did shoot it, the whole screen was, like, the blast of the gun? Yeah, that... Some of those setups were, like, really strokes of genius on their part, because it just shows all the great things you can do with the medium. Like, I think the Marvel Infinite, like, started to break new ground but atomic robo seems a little more refined Mm. and the um the animations for lack of a better term really fit the kind of bright jumpy story that atomic robo has like i i mean i know it's not going to happen because they wouldn't jeopardize being a print 
but I almost kind of wish every new arc of Atomic Robo would use this type of technology. Mm. It just seems like such a perfect match that it's going to be weird, I think, going back to the regular Atomic Robo. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was great, and it's, you know, it just goes back to, you know, Atomic Robo being like an all-age-themed book and kind of having this new technology. What a great issue this could be given to somebody for new digital readers, and mm-hmm. it could be like the light bulb could go off after reading this. Yeah. Uh, I just love the... Um, I didn't read it yet, and I, I definitely intend to, but I think it was cool because Comixology and Atomic Robo have been, like... Uh, together since the beginning. BFFs. Kinda. They were the first yeah. ever book on Comixology. The Atomic were Robo. Were they the first ever book? Wow. The Atomic Robo Free Comic Book Day, the one with uh, Dr. Dinosaur on the cover. And Was he on the cover once? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that yeah, was... Yeah, they the, were like that's together the, on the cover. That's like item zero in the Comixology database. That's great. Yeah, see, that's BA, so it was cool that Do- Atomic Robo kind of tapped the new technology out there to uh, do this uh jonesy loves beer your face is ghost-like right now as i look to it and i think mark's getting a tan from the residuals <laughs> what did you read this week well besides uh helheim and uh atomic robo mm-hmm. i also read the very controversial superior spider-man number five what did you guys read this as well I did. I have kind of stayed away from the Wolverine and Invincible Spider-Man books <laughs> uh, because of my uh, my want to review them. Drink, drink. But uh, I thought, what is want a drink? Yeah, word that's definitely a drink word. And you guys just know that, and you didn't tell me that. <laughs> yeah, you know, you we don't guys, need to tell you. A little side thing. That's fine. Uh, but regardless, uh, Superior Spider-Man Five. You know that um, Doc Ock is still on the search for uh, Massacre. Romulus. <laughs> Crossover. Who has, uh, who is out to cause a big splash and enlist the help of a fast food uh, chain, which is owned by this, uh, you know, Coca-Cola um, analog. Mocha-Cola. He, Mocha-Cola. Well, Mocha-Cola is the enemy. Oh, that's right, yeah. And he's like, right. uh, this, a massacre Physicola. goes to this lady and says, hey, I will kill a whole bunch of people and I'll wear this Mocha Cola shirt so that you, you know, you get some good press since I killed everybody in your fast food chain last week. And while this is going on, uh, Doc Ock is formulating this facial recognition software with one of the guys from Horizon, gets a ping on uh, Massacre and goes after him. Jonesy over here. With the cliffhanger... Big cliffhanger. You ready for this? Spoiler. Doc Ock, his true nature shines through. He executes massacre. Alleged. To to whether it, there, it's, is it alleged? Because even Jay Jonah gives him a high five. He thought it was great that he, uh, that he took it to the limit. And uh, Superior Spider-Man ends the issue saying, you know, I'm here, I'm a hero, I'm here to judge you all. Alleged, so, uh, paraphr- alleged paraphrasing from Gen that's Z. That's not a paraphrase. <laughs> that's like basically what he says. I paraphrase it. I know. Okay. Dale, do you think he murdered Massacre at the end of... Uh, actually, did you even read it, Dale? Yeah, I okay. did read it. Whew. I checked with Dale before I went ahead and spoiled it. 
I uh, I do think uh, my initial thought was yes, he murdered him. I didn't I didn't think secondly about him just maiming him or or otherwise. I just thought he pulled the trigger and I high five the S out of Doctor Ock Peter mm-hmm. Parker. Hmm. So you you uh, think so you think he murdered him? I do. All right, do Mark so. Mark, can you throw in your vote, please? I think he shot him. I don't think he's dead. So yes, I think he murdered him. Well, I, I, yeah, I think he had the intent to murder him, whether he's dead or not. Old rule of comics: you don't be, see a body, they're not dead. I'm very confused by Mark's vote. Mike, Mark's vote. First of all, it sounds like he voted both areas, but I will throw my vote in and say he did not murder massacre because I did not see it. Therefore, it did not happen. Thank you. That's, that's probably true. That is probably true. Uh, Mark Farrington, I have been waiting all show to hear from you. You're my favorite this episode because of your Argyle sweater. What did so you read talk, huh? this week, and did it come from the archives? It did not. I read a bunch of new stuff this week. I like Superior Spider-Man 5, too, because I think Dan Slott proved my point. There is a panel in here where Invisible Peter Parker says to Spider-Man, you're killing my reputation, Ock. When I get my body back, my reputation is going to be shot. So, nudge, right. nudge, wink, wink. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Um, what did I read? Green Arrow number 18 by Jeff Lemire. Um, Oliver Queen has been set up for murder. He's had his company stripped away from him. His billions gone. His allies as Green Arrow have been kidnapped. One has been viciously killed. And he's got 12 quivers left in his He's got 12 arrows left in his quiver. He's wanted by the police, and he's got nowhere to turn. Ordinarily, I've read this story before, but I've never read Jeff Lemire's take on it. And it was surprisingly entertaining. It felt like an old, I don't want to say The Fugitive, but it felt like just a classic action movie where the hero's being painted into a corner, and you've taken away every single resource he has to get out of this situation and now we just get to see him just be completely BA and get out of it. This isn't the Ollie that I'm used to. It's not classic Green Arrow. He doesn't have the goatee. He's not womanizing. He's not talking about how much of he hates the social fat cats. But this is fun action packed Green Arrow. Is this question, have you been reading this since the beginning of the new fifty two? I read the first six and then jumped off and jumped back last month when Jeff Lemire came on. So has he been like before Lemire come on came on? Was he a womanizer and had the goatee, or is it totally like New Green Arrow, New Fifty Two? This is completely New Green Arrow from the get go. So he hasn't had the goatee. He's been portrayed as that boy billionaire who. He runs a division of his father's company that's kind of the equivalent to Apple for the DC Universe. So okay, this is Jeff Lemire kind of picking and choosing what he likes from Ollie's New 52 and running with it. Nice. Uh, we're running out of tape. Two sentences or less. The lightning round. The formerly the most popular segment in the history of the show. Dale underscore A. What'd you read? A plus X number five. Just when you think it's over, Karen Gillan has a Mr. Sinister story in this damn book. (laughs) (laughs) The other half of this gem 
still puts this in my top six books I pull monthly. Uncanny X-Men 205, Chris Claremont and Barry Windsor Smith tells the origin of Lady Deathstrike while also showing Wolverine coming to grips with the animal he was and the man he is. Oh, God. All new X-Men, issue eight. This issue continues the breakneck pace of all new X-Men. Read it, if just for the scenes of the two angels flying together and Thor's hilariously understated dialogue. Justice League of America's Vibe number one. After 26 years and absolutely nobody asking, they brought back the least popular and least effective Justice League member ever in Vibe. And despite my hatred and disgust, there was so much mystery in the last two pages, I will happily be back for issue number two. <laughs> Uh, Echo Riff sponsoring this week's book club, Profit, by Brandon Graham and Company, Farrell Dalrymple. What's what's Profit, Jonesy? What is what is happening right now? Profit is a high concept resurrection of a Liefeld comic. It's part of that uh, that reboot of the original uh, image titles. It is a visual sci-fi grandiose travelogue across this um, strange alien world where the clone, question mark, of John Prophet awakens and starts a mission to resurrect the Empire of Earth. Uh, Individual issues focus on these strange culture, uh, cultures rather, of this planet, like a beehive jellyfish society, a large um, caravan of you know city-sized aliens, and of course the forbidden and ancient technology that makes up the graveyard of this planet. It reminds me of Slim's favorite book fear agent Mm. in that regard Mm. Mm. and i shall turn it over for the opinions gentlemen i want to hear from dale because he was he sounded like he was ready to cut right through this book earlier in the show with a knife with a hot buttered up knife right through its heart Uh, okay let me try to put into words the extremes that i felt from this extreme studio production. The first three issues of this book were amazing. I loved the setting. I loved the creativity within. It felt like, for you D&D nerds, like a D&D Dark Sun campaign. A lot of, I don't know, animal 
creatures and technology like together as one. Um, Oliphant, human centipede, walking factories. Like it's really creative. And I loved the travelogue aspect of John Prophet. I love how you uh, are able to pick up bits and pieces where you you pretty much know his mission and where he's got to get to. You don't know why he's sent on the mission, but you know he's uh, either sent himself uh, resupply like pods, or somebody has sent them. Uh, apparently, he's he's been li- he's been sleeping underground in this machinery for decades he uproots and he starts his uh travel um i i thought it was fantastic i loved where it was going i loved where john prophet was going i loved i loved the setting but the the last three issues four five and six just went places that my mind could not grasp the concept i could not understand anything about resolution or what uh john like it totally took me off track and off course from what my understanding of the first three issues was it just went places i couldn't begin to understand and i thought they they just were total crap and i couldn't i it's just total 180 from the beginning and ends and I, I mean, I I feel like most of all I'm letting Catcher down by saying this. I know this this is like his wheelhouse. This kind of book, Flex Mentallo and Profit. John Profit built his wheelhouse, and I just could, I feel like I'm letting him down by saying that. But I cannot wrap my head around these concepts in in four, five, and six. I could, I, and you can tell by Jonesy's intro to the to the book, he stopped talking about it after one, two, and three. He, because st- he didn't read it. He didn't read past the third issue. I did. I actually have a lot to say about the latter half. I but but he couldn't sum sum summation because summate. there was no. Okay, I, I'll go ahead. The, uh, I accidentally I said Farrell Dalrymple, but uh, Simon Roy Simon Wa Roa uh, was actually the I think the artist on the first three issues. And I think I'm looking through the app, and I guess he gets writing credits later on. But he, Dale spot on. The first three issues are amazing. I love that. I love the first three issues, like spectacular. And then Farrell, mm-hmm. I mean Simon, whatever his name is, Simon Roy leaves after the third issue, and I'm literally heartbroken. I wanted to throw the iPad across the train immediately. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was stark. I mean, starkly different. I mean, the story is. I guess it like when the the pod when he activates the machine and tells everyone to come back to Earth. It, I mean, the series could end there at that point. Like it could have just been a three issue miniseries, but then you eventually the next issue you follow another John Prophet who has a tail, and then the the issue after that you follow this kind of C three PO ish character and his journey across space with his mission, which was. Uh, drawn by the same what by the writer Brandon Graham, um, mm-hmm. and then the last issue, totally different art style, took me out of the book completely. Um, I think it was the last issue of the book, right? That the one there was like three John Prophets. Was that the last one after that? Yeah, there was. They started introducing almost 
like a squad of different prophets. Yeah. I mean, and that that was so confusing. I thought, like, should I have read the Liefeld issues? Would that make me understand what's going on here? I think the, the I, I'm thinking. I mean, I could absolutely be incorrect, but the 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 cool aspect that they linked to the prophets, the prophet series, was that like goofy mask that the one character had on, and they called it a crown at one point, where like the mother uh, person had that crown on, and when he got to the ship, the guy running the ship had the crown on that look like the original Liefeld prophet. Um, oh, okay. But I mean, the, 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 the first three issues of following John prophet, just like going on adventures and like you call it a travel log. I would buy that for the rest of my life. The Brandon Graham and Simon Roy doing those, they were amazing. And even I would probably love like if they, if they made this book just kind of like uh, a medley of just Brandon Graham and wacky art styles. Like I would kind of get that mm-hmm. too. And I mean, his issue was like Tales like that. of the Fear Agent, almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, maybe it does go that route later on. I mean, I have no idea. I have, everyone still harps about it, but I have I'm not caught up at all. This is the like I read the first issue when it came out, and then I just forgot about it. I I thought like again, I'm, and I'm just going to sound like a broken record with you guys. But the first three issues, it felt like the universe was the protagonist. Like these worlds where the story and you just kind of watch people move through it. Uh, and I love like the little, um, like the little mythology setups where they, uh, they point out all the tools, all the stuff he has on them, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the things he needs to use to survive and what each one has a function. Uh, I love after he loses most of it and he has to, uh, supplant with that little alien mantle. But when he has he sex with that one dr- alien. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. He re- he basically is like uh, I think the line is I've had a long journey, human. Let us mate before yeah. we begin business. <laughs> right. and then the next scene is him like guiltily putting his spacesuit back on with the insect smoking a cigarette. Yeah. 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 I don't just, think it was guilty. <laughs> it was that great universe building moments, and then it totally I I thought spun out of control by issue six because. I couldn't tell you what the H was going on. It almost, it almost felt yeah. like Brandon Graham didn't expect the series to go past three issues. I mean, maybe, I mean, who knows what he was thinking when he wrote it, but I mean, that, I mean, it, you, it was literally a complete journey. Like he, maybe he sought out to do that and maybe didn't expect the series to continue. I mean, I could be wrong again, but it was just way too cerebral. Like this, the latter half of this trade. I will say before we get to Mark Argyle King, that there was a ton of great moments where Brandon Graham decided not to be dialogue heavy. I mean, he wasn't dialogue heavy mm-hmm. in the whole book, but there are many like double page spreads or whatever you want to call them reading on an iPad where there was maybe only like two text boxes and it was yeah. perfect. And I, I, I appreciated that he did that because he just let the art, like you could just soak the art in for like five minutes at that point. How about the, two-page panel that took my breath away was when you um, see the caravan for the first time. Mm. And they look like Star Wars uh, AT-AT walkers mm-hmm. with like whole mm-hmm. cities built on top of it. And uh, the best moment in the entire book, as far as I'm concerned, is when he thinks he sees an assassin that goes to kill the king of the caravan, so oh, he stops yeah. it. And uh, like one of the thought boxes is for the first time in the 10,000 years of the caravan 
the uh, ceremony to kill the new king didn't take place, and then the entire city's chasing after him. Mm-hmm. Like that's some that's some fun Indiana Jones s. Yeah, that I just love the pieces. Uh, Mark Argyle, uh, entrepreneur. Argyle prophet. <laughs> I look fly though, right? Yeah, you always do. You, oh yeah, you do. Well, for the first time in a long time, I think we're unanimous on what we thought about. The issue breakdown four, five, and six. I was lost. It was another story. I was hoping Jonesy's synopsis could tell me what happened because I just didn't follow it worth a darn. Uh, issues one, two, and three were I thought were okay. I did enjoy the world building. I enjoyed watching him explore. But Brandon Graham had this style in this book that continued to draw me out every time I got into it. If you look at the art. The art was great, and the art did a good job of telling the story. If you look at the dialogue, the dialogue was good, and it did a good job of telling the story. Together, they felt consistently redundant to me. Hmm. For example, there was a panel, I think, in issue two, where John Prophet is fighting an alien. <clears throat> Excuse me. The alien strikes his hand, and the weapon flies out of his hand, and the art portrays this perfectly, but then the dialogue box says something to the effect of the force of the blow causes John to lose his weapon. And then the next panel after that, it shows John throwing him into this, I don't know, this engine, this core of the planet. And the dialogue says it too. For me, that's a microcosm of how most of this book felt. I would see art explaining a story. Then I would read the dialogue of that same action and it just got tiresome to me. So mm. I enjoyed it. I'm not hating on it. I think I would give this to somebody and tell them, just read the first three issues and you're fine. If you can read the last three and explain it to me, I'll buy you a beer. Uh, I just looked it up, and I think the artist of that final issue does like another six issues in this series towards uh, the end. <laughs> towards boner the killer end. over here. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, almost, like, I just wish that, that they kept up the art writing team yeah. for the whole volume i just it was fe- so good yeah i just would have loved that i mean maybe it just wasn't in the cards who knows maybe they couldn't afford the the uh the artist it's a shame too i would buy this book as a novel with no art and i would buy this comic with no dialogue and still feel that i got a complete story how about james stokoe on art can you imagine him doing an issue of profit the guy that's doing the half century war and did solvent sluggers Right. Mm. Oh yeah, solvent sluggers. Uh, everybody got their uh, hard copy, right? Mm, I did. That that kickstarted. Except, except the people overseas. It's <laughs> poor international people. How about the How about <laughs> the internet furor over Mark Andrew Smith today? Did you see that? Oh my word, that guy. Whew. And then and but then he just painted himself into a corner and looked like a total jack off because uh, he like spilled all the dirty laundry about James Stokoe. The uh, the the scuttle the scuttlebot on uh, Comics Alliance is that. Only like twenty seven hundred people ordered the, a hard copy, but he he had six thousand made. I'm not sure if that's that's true or not, but who knows? Okay, that's the scuttlebutt internet scuttlebutt. Um, Open your face. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say about profit. You know, the the first three were magical. It was a magical yeah. thrill ride, and maybe you know maybe we fall into our patented trap after reading a volume one. It gets better in volume two, guys. It gets better in volume three. The whole internet's going to tweet that 
at yeah. once to us by the time this drops on Monday. I just want to say thank you for not making us read Rob, Rob Liefeld's original books. I've turned the page in issue one and saw Rob Liefeld's variant cover and got very angry. <laughs> uncharacteristically angry over yeah. a page. Is it some sexy lady wearing uh, like a thong battle suit? No, it's John Prophet in a barrel-chested pose, yeah. veins popping out of his arms. Yeah. It's like that cap cover. Knife. God. Yeah. <laughs> John Prophet chest. John Prophet dot org. Uh, it, was, it was a short book club. You know? You would think... I mean, I mean catcher friend of the show is probably yeah. pissing in his pants right now that we're not expanding on the unit the profit universe i i just wish i mean i know there's people out there that get it and i don't know if i'm annoyed by them or if i'm just happy for them because <laughs> they can enjoy this book um i just i i wish i knew how to relate the worst is when you get tweets that are like, oh, Paper Keg, doing profit. Oh, my God, this is the episode I've been waiting for. And then you <laughs> right. read the issues and you're like, ah, oh, no. They're never listening again. <laughs> yeah, that would just break hearts, unfortunately. We <laughs> may have gotten some letters to that effect. Oh, great. Oh, Can't man. wait. We've got time left on the tape. Remember how good Usagi Ojimbo was? Oh, yeah. So good. Maybe we should go to read volume two of Usagi at some point. Let's do it. I'd support that. Episode 101. What is that, that could be our first volume two. We... we uh, dip into uh john prophet remission reignition what was that volume called it doesn't matter we're not gonna read it again <laughs> we got your letters i'm gonna hope it up farrington's gonna read them to, to you, you. letters at paperkeg.com that sultry voice you heard was Jonesy Loves Beer. Uh, he is crafting the greatest fanfic you will have ever seen about Prophet. You'll see it. <laughs> it's actually just going to be about that alien mantle piece and his solo adventures throughout the universe. You can download the .text file from Jonesy's website in Maybe six it's months. a Fear Agent crossover, Slim. You ever oh think about God. that? <laughs> hey, listen. Don't tease the me. The world of fanfic. Do not tease <laughs> me. Can, if it's a Fear Agent fanfic, include me in a story where I'm a damsel in distress being rescued by uh heath please mark do we, get, do we get any letters mark we did get a couple letters actually we can start with one from catcher whose opening line is and i quote i love profit i have a feeling you guys might not have the creators choose to take this book into some really strange territory Sometimes it works in their favor, other times it can make the book unapproachable. I'm just glad a book like this has a chance to be around. Can't wait to hear the review. And Catcher is bringing back the listener lightning round. Animal Man number 18. Do you remember when this book was horrific and gruesome, but still had a heartwarming tale about family at its core? Do you remember when this title actually had images of animals in it? <laughs> Catcher. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Good one, Catcher. Isn't there that some kind good. of like big reboot story happening in that book right now? Or Mark, are you reading that? I am not reading it. I fell off a long time ago. Mm. There you have it. There's only so many twisted bodies with bloated stomachs and backwards <laughs> heads that uh, one person can take. He, that, 18 issues in. The, get out of here. The popular artist had to leave for some unknown reason. Personal reasons, I think. Travel foreman? Yeah, he was like wearing himself down drawing that book, like emotionally and physically. He's probably having nightmares <laughs> drawing that book. <laughs> Poor catcher. 
He'd wake up every morning at 3 a.m. and try to and just stare in his kid's bedroom door. Yeah, he was like drawing. Just stare at him while they slept. He was drawing nightmare masks on the kid's door. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Catcher's cool because, like, see how cool Catcher is. I mean, he kind of fig. He maybe figured we would might have a problem with it, but the ability to agree to disagree, Mm -hmm. and that's what comics and love is all about. It's America. Friendship. Wah wah wah. Just wah, wish he was wah, coming wah. for uh, Free Comic Book Day. Rest in peace. Yeah, Free Comic Book Day. Catcher, you will miss out. Mark, did we get any other letters? We did. We got one from Panooch. Panooch. Says, hey guys, let's bring the fireside to the letters, letters segment, shall we? What is the last piece of music you paid for? For me, it's the National Boxer. Mm. If there's time, what was the first concert you went to? His answer is Lincoln Park in Cypress Hill at the Core State Spectrum. Can't wait to see you all. I mean, most. I mean, half of you guys at Free Comic Book Day. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Panooch. I mean, I mean. Yeah, what was yes. that? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Does the new recording format reduce the likelihood of guest hosts? Wondering if we will ever hear from Beth Corto or Just Dave again. Hmm. 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 Rest in peace. Rest in peace, co-hosts. It does, because now we essentially require you to either be at Jonesy's house to host, such as the format now, or to have your own recording equipment. <laughs> Jonesy's eyes. <laughs> uh, we have high standards for this show. You know, We're not just going to let you on with some podunk Skype headset and think you know, using your, your external mic is going to be all good for you. Get out of here with your external mic. We don't want you on here. It's true. It's true. All right, guys. And to his other question, last piece of music you bought and your first concert. Uh, I just bought uh, the very best of Smokey Robinson and the Miracles today on the iTunes. Beautiful, babe. And my, you know what I'm saying, babe? And the first concert I went to, this is going to be stunning, Willie Nelson. Really? Yes, absolutely the first concert I ever went to. The last piece of music I bought was actually this morning. I bought Jay-Z's album on iTunes, his first one, Reasonable Doubt, because I couldn't find my original copy. And first concert I went to was with my parents when I was 14 years old over in New Jersey, the East State Center. Uh, George Clinton and P-Funk All-Stars. Nice. I was going to say. learn to swim. <laughs> Except for the rhythm of the strokes. You had some of the most amazing neck movements. It was like a, <laughs> like a bird regurgitating food. It was appalling. The, the feeling of my choke. The uh, last music I bought was that Tegan and Sarah album. Uh, mm. Oh, Heart Throb. Mm, all the are. things she they, said. All the things she said. They make my heart throb. Let me tell you something right now. My goodness. First concert I think I ever went to was Pearl Jam at the Spectrum. Uh, was just a moment that I'll never forget. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, I bought. Uh, I mostly buy classic rock, but the last album I bought was Shovels and Rope. Oh, be joyful is the name of the album. I saw them on David Letterman, and uh, I liked them. I liked them a whole lot. And, I buy all everything off of Amazon, five dollars or less. If your album's over five dollars, I won't buy it. <laughs> um, any, first concert I ever went to? What? Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. Anytime I see Amazon pop up on my Twitter feed, I know it's a retweet from you. It's it's a hundred percent factual statement. 
I would probably try to sleep with Amazon if they were a real person. <laughs> um, the la- first concert I ever went to, mm, I don't know, probably <laughs> Aerosmith, Hershey Park. Thanks for being here. Hershey Stadium <laughs> in like 95 or 96. Uh, I th- maybe. I can't remember. I might have been at that show. Was it with Kiss? That was, was with the Amazon uh, Kiss Live, or? I do believe. Oh, uh, yeah. Love me some live. Welcome they're, back to the show. He just they're, said they're like, "Welcome back to the show, Dale." The lives later stuff is really weird because he starts doing like weird vo- lyrical stuff that just words yeah. that rhyme and have nothing to do with anything. <laughs> but they're catchy as hell. Him. Oh wait, never mind. Don't you forget his uh, contribution to the Fast and Furious soundtrack. Which which song was One that? Of his rap experiment. Really? Yeah, uh, I think I think I know which song you're talking about. That's another. I think that's another song that just is words thrown together to a beat and they just rhyme. Accidentally, Panooch, good letter, and I am looking forward to seeing you at Free Comic Book Day. What? Thanks, Panooch. Mark, spoilers, Mark. Don't you believe Next coming from. I'm going just to be spiteful. Next letter is coming from Dave Finn saying, Hey guys, no essay this time. I'm still exhausted from my last email. Hmm. Was going to suggest either Hellblazer as a book club or perhaps. Justice League Dark, the first trade. Pretty cool titles I recently got into and discussion-worthy. Peace out, Nathan. What a what an out-of-left-field suggestion. Justice League Dark. I, th- I, I actually wanted to uh, recommend at some point we do one of the new 52 first volumes, but one that we would never expect Mr. Terrific. to read. Mr. Terrific. <laughs> Justice League International. <laughs> it, Mr. Terrific issue one and two before it was canceled. <laughs> What else is what else from the new fifty two Mark is is good? What's worth worth reading besides Mister Terrific? And uh, that'll take some research, actually. That we don't normally read. So no Bat books, no Green Lantern. That yeah, I, think I think that takes up fifty of the fifty two. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's a good challenge, actually. We should look into that. Did you say Green Arrow? Did you say Green Arrow was good? Oh, Jeff Lemire just got just on got that. on yeah, there. Never mind. So two issues in. Yeah, I'd be down for their new 52 volume one trade. Okay, start stealing on it. Of course you are. Next up is from Paul saying, Hola, Paul here. Never read many Punisher comics as the majority of my experiences have been in other titles where he shows up, i.e. Civil War, Spider-Man, Daredevil. What's the definitive Punisher title for any comic fan to pick up? I'm going to read some of his record Punisher alongside you guys. Thoughts to follow. Uh, welcome back, Frank. I yeah. guess is the most famous Punisher Born. If you're looking for a max title, mm-hmm. uh, the original War Zones are pretty uh, popular. The ones with uh, JRJR. Yeah, aren't they? Aren't they well they're, revered? They're, I'm not sure if they're revered. I think they're just the well known uh, Castle genealogist over here, Jonesy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? The uh, I'll tell you what. The I think the tail end of Ennis's I'm not sure if it was Marvel Knights or Punisher Max. I gotta say it's Punisher Max. Um uh, the the one where Microchip shows up. Do you remember that, Jonesy? Yeah. And uh so Microchip That was Garth Ennis. I think that was the I'm pretty sure that was Max because I mean so Microchip shows up but it then might be Marvel Knights. I mean, but the last page was so brutal. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, I mean, it's I don't think it's spoiler territory, but do you remember what... So, my, Microchip came back to the Punisher world, uh, but he did something to the Punisher. Do you remember if he murdered somebody 
or he he did something to betray Frank. He was well. It, there was the whole issue with his kid, and what he did was he was um, diming him out with information. Hmm. Like he was reporting, he was spying on the Punisher to other parties. Okay, I might have to reread that. Out. But I mean, the end is Punisher essentially tells Microchip that he has to punish him. And the end of the, at the end of the storyline is uh, spoilers. Ready? Okay. Fast forward now. The this he literally blows Microchip's head off with a shotgun. It had to be Max. Oh my, oh my God! It had to be Max because I remember that panel now. And I mean, it was like whoa. I mean, that was like the greatest single page that I can remember in a long time. Um, but Mark, we're just getting another letter. Uh. <laughs> From a special special writer here, let me forward it to you. May or may special not be my writer. wife. We just got a letter live. We just got a live letter. May or may not be your wife. May or may not be someone that I made a child with. Oh my god, <laughs> that doesn't narrow it down. But <laughs> but the I mean, there's there's Punisher. The end is one of my all time favorite oh, Punisher that's books. Such a great book. That's the the one of the few the end books that really nailed it where Punisher has been in prison for like 20 years and there's a, been a nuclear war and he escapes like a few years into the aftermath of this nuclear war and he finds out some information in prison that there is a cabal of political and business leaders that have orchestrated the whole thing and they've been in hiding for years so he goes after them walking through this nuclear wasteland just to get to them and he's dying as he's walking there what and it's amazing amazing wow basically dale he's just like well i got one last thing i can do you know my life's right. forfeit anyway there's no you know i think he was running out of food he was in a bunker his, and uh, his, his like eyes are bleeding from the nuclear yeah. radio- oh, radiation awesome. And there, it's like it's like silver blood. It's so great. And the guy that like gives him this information that helps him get out, he's walking with him. Mark, did you get that letter yet that I forwarded? I did get it. Okay. So and, and he's walking with this guy, and eventually they he like they become friends. But then towards the end, he reveals to this guy that like you know you didn't you weren't in there for petty theft. I know what you did, and he kills him. Like it's just like yeah, I it's mean, really good. Get get that book at all costs. There are some fantastic <laughs> Punisher God. books out there. They're, the best moment I think is the final issue where they're at the the skyscraper bunker building, and all the people are like, "Hey, you can't!" Like they take him in, thinking like this weary traveler is like, "We can't help you. We're gonna have to uh, kill you." You know what I mean? You're you're gonna jeopardize everybody. And he's like, well, "Actually, I'm here to kill you." And just like kills yeah the guy there's like there. this the the end of the the issue the guy looks like glenn beck kind of and he's telling punisher he's like you can't kill us we're all that's left we have to procreate and continue civilization and these are these like scumbags so it's a panel of this guy like grinning at the punisher next panel is the same one but he's got a hole in his face because punisher just shoots him in the <laughs> face and so he would rather just have civilization die and end than have these people win oh this is great you guys are slinging webs all over Punisher <laughs> here. It's insane. Mark, what letter did we just get? Next letter is not listed, although judging by the email address, it might be somebody Slim has had a child with. It is a short one, thank God. says, has Slim read any more Lock and Key? Also, when is the next flap? Oh, man. Big fan over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a preview. 
Oh, this is God. Uh, let's see. Have I read any more Lock and Key? That that email was from my wife. She loves Lock and Key. And I read Lock and Key for that amazing episode where we all had to read books that the other hosts picked for each other. I have not read any more Lock and Key. Spoiler alert. Spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, much to my wife's chagrin, probably. And Mary Train's chagrin, too. Uh, maybe I will someday. You know, maybe. I don't know when that day is. Uh, and when is the yeah. ne- when is the next flap? That's the real question. That is the real question. Um, so funny, we Slim and I were just biz deving about this <laughs> before Paper Cake, and uh, we're trying to nail down a date. I'm thinking early next week. Spoilers. Uh, if spoilers, you can last that long. Spoilers. That episode will knock your socks off. There's been details in Dale's life that have not been revealed yet on Twitter that oh, will God. blow you away. Spoilers. I don't even think I told my wife yet what you what we're going to talk about. She's going to have to wait for the episode to post. What a show. What a show we just had. Take us out, Hoff. Wow. Uh, thanks, oh, everybody, for listening. Fuck. Next week, Rucka Keg. All 21 issues of his Punisher run. Oh, my God. Pray for us. <laughs> Pray for us, please, Jesus. Uh, shoot us an iTunes review if you're bored thanks for listening we'll see everybody next week please sirens well, I mean, what time was that huh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, somebody had a rebuttal. I heard a rebuttal. Uh, Dale against me for all new X-Men. Before the rebuttals kick in. Okay. Sean D., just read your letter. I loved your letter. It's the first one to be read next week. Oh, sorry. sorry we skipped somebody. Oof. It's a good one, too. So, showing you some love, Sean. It'll get read next week. Is this somebody who's never written in before? And you're going to bump them? Well, we, we, we got can the... Re- we can read it now, I guess. Sean, your letter's going to be the first letter read in the fireside. Which which is now. Starts off with Keggers. First off, I want to thank you for putting together such an awesome podcast week after week. Spend a couple hours a day commuting to work and listening to your show makes my ride a lot more enjoyable. Also, a few of my friends read comics, so listening to Paper Keg makes me feel like I'm part of the weekly comics conversation. Hmm. You guys are funny, insightful, and make some great reading recommendations. I truly appreciate what you do, guys. So, question. You may have mentioned it before. I've only been listening for a few months, and I'm still working my way through the older shows. But what exactly is a paper keg? Also, just curious, how did you guys meet and the show originate? Keep up the good work, guys. Now you want to get nuts? Come on! Let's get nuts. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> That's how you end every good episode. So what is a paper keg? That was your brainchild, if memory serves, Jonesy. I did. That was one of my uh, pitches of different. I think I had paper jockeys, mm. comics keg, <laughs> I, and paper keg was in the list. But we all kind of voted on it. It is an assembly of two words. One of them has to kind of do with comics. Paper. What was the? Pl- we had a few other ones that I I really loved. Do you remember what was, the other one was? Was it comics jockeys? Was that uh, the one you like? I feel like it had beer. No, no it definitely was not. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, right? <laughs> <laughs>
comics jockeys. <laughs> was it four have... guys in comic books? Your move, ladies? No, that's one of our taglines. That's in our iTunes uh, description. It's, I feel like it had beer in it. Get the inter. I'm, I'm the intern, I'll, and I'll get on that's that. That's right That's got to be in your Gmail right now. We'll get back to it. Was, what was the other uh, yeah. question? How did we meet? How did we all meet? Uh, yep. Slim and I went to high school together. That's how we met. Jonesy used to drive me to school. He's ahead. He was yeah. a year ahead of me. Most of my friends were a year ahead of me. I hated everyone in my class. I hated them with a passion. <laughs> Just kidding. I didn't hate them, but I was friendly with Jonesy, Just Dave, um, Sex underscore Pack on the Twitter. He's our libertarian in, in tow. Um, <laughs> so President I used Obama to, hater. I used to sit with them at lunch, and then when they <laughs> left in my senior year, I had to make new friends. It was terrible. I'm sure it was awful for you. <laughs> and then Dale uh, was a listener of Matt's one of Matt's first podcasts, the Nerdcast. Mm. And uh, then Dale and I became hetero life mates at a con <laughs> one year, and that's how we became friends. And Mark is we learned we met him from the comic book store. Yep, I met um, Mary Train, just Dave's wife, at a local comic book store, and through her, I met Slim and Jonesy. Through which I met Dale. Jonesy mentioned orgy drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what else, what was it? Oh, but I do want to say thanks for the kind words. It's very nice of him to email in and and yeah. Aside from me doing my research that I just found, that was awesome, Sean. Thanks for writing in. We love hearing from new people mm-hmm. and old people too. I mean, every, all the regular friends of the show too. But hearing from somebody new just like re-energizes you. To your core, I think, as a host of yeah. Paper Keg. Yeah. You know? I can't believe somebody has a dedication to go back and work through older shows. And uh, we were just talking about that. More, I think we were saying how we liked that the older shows are not time-specific. Like, right. you can go and listen to our Secret Identity episode or, you know, mm. any of the other yeah. 80 episodes we've done. 90, I think, we've done. And they, you won't really feel out of place. We try to keep the news segment pretty short. And we just talk about the books, and it's you know it's timeless, timeless. Yeah, the the uh, the t- the book club segment is total, total timeless. Well, so you went to the archives. I went to the archives, folks. Uh, first up, the working title in progress, Lame Fork. <laughs> I love <laughs> I loved Lame Fork. I just loved it. I don't know why. And second to Paper Keg is being the fave book jug. (laughs) (laughs) I love book jug, too. I can't believe we didn't go with book jug. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Comics on the rocks. Books on the rocks. Best tagline of all time. Uh, (laughs) Book jug. Paper Keg. Slim came up with Paper Keg. Oh. Not to toot his. I mean, I mean, we all knew Jonesy was lying, coming, taking credit. Absolutely, for, he for also created the fireside chat. <laughs> some, some, <laughs> some uh, Jonesy uh, paper jockeys is one of the one of Jonesy's ideas. One of Jonesy's gems. <laughs> Double the <jack>. comics kegger. <laughs> what else? The gold foil variants. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You want to talk about something that's uh? Timeless, the day and date podcast. Oh man! Oh wow! Call it that. Uh, Racked up. Um, what else? Paper cask, comic cask. I'm reading live from our BizDev original (laughs) BizDev email here. BizDev meeting minutes. 
and yeah, we four color prints. Paper keg was the pretty much unanimous, and obviously the uh, the websites were available, so yeah, we just the, jumped right. The on domain it. name availability was key. Book jug probably wasn't available, <laughs> um, but we could have our our t- our image could have been B and J. I mean, what more did he ask for? Uh, what were we thinking? Yeah, it sells itself. Wow, we're such dummies. What was uh, so? Yeah, that was uh, that's that's some, uh, I just read live live biz deving our email chain hashtag bdpk. What was the what was the rebuttal you had, Dale? We're running late. Oh yeah, uh, it wasn't anything about Thor Jonesy. I knew thought I was going to bring Thor's humor into the under the hate knife, but it was just I'm getting to the point. I I mean I still love the book, but I I wish Angel would tell me what happened to him. <laughs> not just old, not just young Angel. I know something happened to him, and I know kind of Wolverine and the X Men. Since I've been sticking with that, you know, it's something kind of happened to him during that time, but it wasn't really addressed. But he just won't tell young Angel what the heck happened, and it's kind of annoying to me. Can't too. do, can't know too much about your future. Didn't you watch Back to the Future? Why? This is a perfect opportunity for them to do a little editor's box. Check out Rick Remender's Uncanny X Force Dark Angel Saga. Oh, they don't info. do that anymore. Why not? Yeah, that, that would be perfect. Steven Wacker would do it. Yeah, let's hit yeah, Steven Wacker on this up. book. See what his deal is. He's not editing that book. That's a uh, Scott Lowe That's book, a, I think. Yeah, this is this is the X office here. This mm-hmm. is total. So, Dale, know, how about class. that final page where you uh, kind of see where this is going to go in the second half? Mm, Pretty crazy, yeah. right? Forget that Fantastic final page. Book. How about that? "Quote unquote cat beast conversation as done by Iceman and Kitty Pride. That was pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that was, was hysterical. That, was that, that is classic Bendy getting his groove back. <laughs> like uh, what's that movie? Uh, how Stella got her groove back? How Stella? It's how Bendy got his groove back. Hmm. Is all new X Men subtitle. You. Who had another We're rebuttal? Right. I didn't write it down, so I apologize. No, I think that was the only rebuttal. That was all. That was all. Okay. Great show. Good episode. Yeah, great episode. Uh, this may have shattered the wind column into microscopic pieces. You want to? Should we talk about the uh, the contest a little bit while Patrick Hernandez? <laughs> Patrick Hernandez That's a good is going to He's our special guest at Free Comic Book Day. Patrick Hernandez. He will be performing this live. We could get him on the cheap. This cane that's expensive. Oh man. Probably have to go to the Sotheby's auction just to get that thing. Sotheby's. Uh, what's this contest shenanigans? What's happening? Uh, episode 100 of Paper Keg. <clears throat> uh, we wanted to do something very special for the listeners of the show. You guys have stuck with us through hiatus. And the, come back every week. And the death of Mark. The death of the death and return of Mark. Stop trying to kill him, brother. Um. And well, uh, the nitty gritty is, I don't know. We haven't worked. We don't have the details. Let's be honest. But yeah, but it's so tasty. I got it. We got to start planting seeds. That's the problem. So I don't know. But we know the basics. The most sure. important thing being. We want you guys to tell us what book we are going to read for episode 100. 
you we will do that as our book club you suggest it we will pick it anybody who emails us suggesting a book will be entered into a raffle that will be drawn on free free comic book day and announced during our free comic book day b episode and they will be given a hundred dollar gift certificate to our local sponsor store the comic shop jonesy's ears just perked up right there and we all see that holy smoke <laughs> you can't enter jonesy <laughs> god what i could send yeah. you guys an email you know content no. rules, um, whatever no. We're well, not going to talk. We're not really going to talk about this 100 episode contest on Twitter or anything because you have to l- listen to the show to know about it. So we're going to keep it off the social media. Um, but if you listen and you email us a suggestion, uh, we might go with majority. Well, we don't know how we're going to pick the book club book yet. Uh, you could recommend single issues as well. Maybe we'll do that for our uh, roundtable segment. But as long as you um, email us between now and episode 98-ish, yeah, $100 to the comic book shop in Delaware. If you don't live local, uh, we will work it out. They have uh, means of getting you books. We We can, you know, coordinate shopping. We can just put a care package together. You can, uh, it's it's your call, babe. I mean, it's your $100. <laughs> As we're all bobbing our heads like we're at Night at the Roxbury. Um, picking your book is not contingent upon winning. You email us, you get entered. Sarah Tai will be doing the drawing for us. All right, so email, let us know what we should be reading, and you're entered. It's as simple as that. It's a lot of greenbacks, babe. <laughs>